Yeah, I know, a rum and coke. Is that a rum and coke we just if saw? Only. Hey, yeah. we're back. And so is our intro. So is our intro. I found it again. It actually was hard to find. Had you lost it? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I really had. Who are those people and why do we care? Those people? Yeah, in the intro. Those are actors. Okay. <laughs> why? I don't know. They made stock video. All right. I like the Bible turning. I like the rum and coke at the end. Everything in between, I kind of... I don't think it's a rum and coke. The guy, look, the person looks serious about what they're doing. I don't think they'd be... No. Just... I don't even drink rum and coke. Mm, I love rum. I love rum. Yeah. When we were... Especially spice rum. Spiced rum. Mm, Yes, like Captain Morgan. Ooh-wee. Let's have some now. (laughs) Um... Rum and Coke was probably the most popular drink when I was in high school. When I, used to, I didn't go to a lot of parties, but when I did, it was like a lot of rum and Coke. Just because it was sweet. It's like, you're basically drinking Coke and getting drunk. Check out our background today. Yes. Sheep. Because we're talking about the Lamb of God, I'm assuming. Right? He's pointing. Who? John the Baptist. Not the sheep. I'm pretending to be John the Baptist. He's pointing. <laughs> he, this, is a, this is a live action picture of the 99. Oh, right. Right. This is while Jesus was out looking for the other ones. That, these are what they're, they're actually watching him walk away right now. I think it might be Luke chapter 15. I was looking at it recently. The, the one who walks away gets all the attention. Yeah. One of the things we're wondering about, because we're, we're actually having a bad day. You're having a bad day. You told uh, me that, right? We yeah. don't have to talk about that. Good. But we're kind of... We're t- pray I for was, me. Yeah, I will pray for you. No, I mean the people watching. Oh, please watch. All these people that are yeah. watching our podcast. I was talking to Listening somebody to our podcast. It was like a terrible day. I said, so pause your podcast right now and say a prayer for Sam. And for my friend at work. And for Charles's friend at work. So anyway, my friend, she was thinking of like whether she should quit because things are so rough. And I'm glad I asked, but it was one of those moments when you realize, and I'm not, I wasn't actually that surprised, although the idea of, I don't know, it's not a plan to quit, just like the pressure is kind of getting to this person. When you ask a question like that, you need to be prepared for whatever pers- the person says. Have you ever asked a question like that? Like, how are you doing? And then they actually tell you how they're doing? That they're going to quit? Or whatever. Just like they're not feeling like good or... Yeah, yeah. Like well... What's going on? Yeah, yeah. How do you like, feel when that happens? The thing is, it takes a lot more time than just, oh, how are you doing? Yeah. Good. How are you? Good. That's the end of the conversation. But when some somebody actually like decides they're going to tell you exactly how they're doing and it's not good... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a big, you're then into a big commitment because you've asked. I realized afterwards, because I've been working with this person for like six years, and I am the chaplain there. Like people feel like they can talk to me, which they can actually. And yeah. it, is, it is one of the reasons I'm there. So I like people, this must happen to you all the time. People it's, just talk to you. Yeah. Do you ever feel burdened by that? Oh, yeah. Why do you feel burdened? Because I think there's different answers to like why you might feel burdened. I just think it's a huge... Well, it's a huge honor, but also a huge responsibility when someone uh, someone is entrusting you with sort of, obviously you can't always do something about it, mm-hmm. sometimes just listening. Yeah. But also like, what do you do with it now? Right. Right. Like you're sort of involved in a way. Yeah. And you need to follow up. You need to ask the next time you see them then you have to, mm-hmm. you have another layer of insight into their day, into their, their life. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, I think because we're representing the church, we're responsible to answer the, some of their questions, you know, about why these things are happening or, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big responsibility. And of course it's burdensome. Yeah. I did say, 
you're definitely going to be in my prayers today. I didn't pray at the time with the person, which I could have done. She's a Christian. Yeah, it depends on the context and who the person is. And all yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I think the thing I don't like, which relates to what you said, is the thing I find hard is a better way of putting it. I don't dislike this. I just find it difficult. It's like I'd like to be able to help, but very often, most times you can't, right? Yeah. You're smiling? I was saying about someone, something someone said to me today. What's that? Can you <laughs> say anything about that? Someone said, um, wow, some people really don't like you to me. <laughs> yeah. It's not nice. Mm. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you the person I need to be talking to? Should we pause this for a moment uh, so Sam can talk? I was so shocked. I was like, I get like not that I'm that surprised that people some people don't what? like me, but I'm like surprised. just the way they phrased it, they made it sound like we were at a communal event. Okay, okay. let's say yeah. So they had they were having a different conversation than I was, and it turns out that one of the people they were talking to doesn't like me very much. And, well, and told that them, does happen. Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like I, I like I said, that doesn't surprise me. But the way they said it, it sounded like like everybody they had talked to was like, oh yeah, he's trash or whatever. <laughs> like, Gosh. And uh it was funny because um the, the person whom you were talking with? No, the, the, the person that, that has said a beef the, or whatever. that has a beef. I was wondering what it was. Right. Like I knew the person had a beef, but I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. So it actually gave me some insight into, and I like I'm not sure exactly what it was I said or did or anything like that, but I know like the 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 uh, the the right ballpark anyway. So that was actually kind of helpful. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I like. It was just liked. funny. Well, I oh, guess people, so. Some people really don't. Or people really don't like you. That's that's the way they, they oh. said it. Like how many people? Like is there like a group? People who hate Sam Zettel on Facebook. I don't think so. No, I don't don't think so either. Pray for Sam, everybody. Today, whenever you watch this. All, uh, what was I supposed to say? All, like, notoriety is as good as popularity? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, but I prefer popularity. Anyway, and I don't need a pat on the back, everybody. Really, I was, it was, the whole thing was funny. It was just the way that it was said. It was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> you may not need a pat on the back, but you don't mind pats on the back. I, well. Or, you, or do you, does it embarrass you? They embarrass me. Okay, fine. Don't give them a pat on the back. Oh, literally packs me on the back. Okay. Anyway, so you probably, if you're probably, you're watching this, you don't hate me. So that's, that's good. Are you sure people aren't hate watching? I don't know. Is that a thing? Hate watching? Nobody leaves. Well, if you, if you are hate watching, please leave us some rude comments so we can laugh, laugh. about them and I was gonna say that. <laughs> comment about them. <laughs> Sam, you're scum. Uh, oh, good. Okay. What kind of scum? So. Based Bonsco? on what you just said and what we were talking about before, uh, I was just, I like to say obvious things. It's like, why is the world like this? Is <laughs> Why are people like, well, including you or sometimes me? Oh, I mean, there's sure. people like, I don't like. Yeah, I know. It's just I like, just, I probably wouldn't come around right? and tell. No, I know. I <laughs> tell somebody, talk. tell a stranger. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. That is a bit unfortunate, but. Like if someone came to me and said, hey, do you know Deacon Charles? I'm like, oh, that guy? Oh, what a loser. <laughs> uh, it uh, wouldn't be surprising. Oh, yeah, I have to talk to him every week on Thursday Night Appetizer. <laughs> keeps coming around the church, and I don't know why. We keep telling him to go away, but he keeps showing up. And... Oh, boy. Um, like I, just, I can't see myself doing that about anybody. No, I know. You know what I mean? I know, I know. Anyway, whatever. Um, Glad they were honest. Well, you know what? 
it is. I just wish they'd been honest with me. I could have directly. maybe corrected it. Or, or it sounds to me like something that was a misunderstanding, not a often, not a real thing. I know I've spoken in very critical ways about people, mostly to other people, not necessarily to the person themselves, because I didn't <laughs> gossip. What? <laughs> kind of, but like, I don't know. Like, think about political or, or, or religious leaders, like whom we hear about. We talk about them sometimes critically. I don't know. You know, we're ten minutes in. We better get started here. Well, I was kind of trying to work for a segue. Oh, you were trying to segue. Yeah. Okay. I'm... Segue. Segue. This is a segue, folks. And segue now. Here we go. Speaking of Lance. political leaders that are unpopular. Like uh, Jesus. Jesus. Was unpopular. Yeah, very. Times. Uh, actually, times. <laughs> you know what was very popular? Was very popular was John the Baptist. Yeah, so John the Baptist is a really popular leader. And, and it's like a turning point of his life because... When he points Jesus out, he's basically telling his followers, it's time for you to follow him instead of me. He's the son of God, as, as John himself says in this passage. Um, and, um, it, you know, it, it just talks about, this passage just talks about um, how John is maybe the first one who's willing to give up everything for Jesus' sake and for the sake of his mission. And that everybody who's been following John now following Jesus needs to do the same. So that, that includes like the disciples, like John, the evangelist who wrote this gospel, his brother James, Andrew, his brother Peter, all of the men and women who are going to follow Jesus, they need to be ready to give up everything for the sake of Jesus's message and mission. And really, of course, that is meant for us today. Um, we are called to be generous and grateful, grateful for everything Jesus has done for us, but also generous and in being ready to share everything we received with others. But if these were just human attitudes, that wouldn't mean a whole lot. And that's why I think it's significant this passage ends with John talking about how Jesus received the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit all who follow him receive. Because in the Holy Spirit, we're capable of uh, giving up what's most important to us for the sake of what's most important to Jesus as individuals and communities to sacrifice everything for his sake. Um, John the Baptist shows us that Following Jesus means letting him take charge of who and what we are. His priorities and his agenda need to take control. How amazing it is, I think, that all of us, no matter how unworthy or impure, which we can be, can still join with Jesus, the pure Lamb of God, and his sacrifice, which takes away the sin of the world. And that's our backgrounder for this week. Not for next week. Nope. Not for the week before. Nope. Okay. You going to pray? Yes, I am. Thank you. I need it. I need it too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. God, our Father in heaven, we praise and thank you for this day. We're so grateful, Lord, for all of your blessings, for all the things you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for creating us out of pure love, out of pure generosity, so that we could share your glory and share your life, share your joy. And we come before you as broken people in need of healing, in need of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for seeing our our broken state and for sending your son Jesus to earth to to grow and to suffer and die on the cross for us to be the lamb of God so that his blood could be our salvation and so we just humbly come before you Lord as um, recipients as people called to follow Jesus called to be sanctified we ask you help us and we ask Lord that you speak to us through this passage today allow the the words of, of St. John and your words to, to penetrate our hearts. Give us lights, give us 
inspiration as we discuss and as we read. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. Got something to share whenever. You like. Okay. I was actually quite just struck by the fact that he saw Jesus coming towards him and immediately identified him. Hmm. That's like, exactly what I was thinking. Really? Yeah. You go ahead. What, no, I, I don't want to take it from you. I just. No, go ahead. I talk a lot. <laughs> okay. I guess. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that too. Like, he, he knew right away. Like, did he know Jesus before? He must have met him before. They were cousins, right? Mm hmm. So pre presumably he did know Jesus, but at this moment he was like prophesying, mm -hmm. right? Um, that Jesus was the son of God or the lamb of God. Jesus was the lamb of God, which is a bit of a shocking statement. Yeah. Considering that I, I don't think he, that title was used for Jesus before that, right? It's not like people were going around saying, oh, he was the lamb of God. Or do you, like people probably didn't even make the connection between the Passover. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't have. No. So it was like a, it was definitely a prophetic statement and something he was inspired to say in the mm -hmm. moment when he, when he saw Jesus coming. I imagine that being like a really powerful spirit filled moment, mm -hmm. you know, where well, just, he was like overcome with the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said, right? Well, I think this is like the culminating moment of his life. Yeah. Because he was sent to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. Which he says, right? This is the reason I came. Yeah. Was basically right. to point point people toward you, right, right. Yeah, um, that he might be made known to Israel, but also like, even though he was prepared, and I think prepared by the Holy Spirit, Luke records that he was like dancing or jumping for joy in the Spirit while he was still within his mother Elizabeth's womb, just a few months along. She was just a few months along, right? But even so, that moment of recognition, this is it. Like this is it. I've ever been I've been in the situation a couple of times in Toronto because I don't go to Toronto that often but a couple of times remember years and years ago in fact I remember it was 2002 World Youth Day I was downtown Toronto mm -hmm. and I saw one of my uncles who lives in Toronto I was like he's not necessarily he was not necessarily that religious a person but he was down there anyway mm -hmm. so weird like you're downtown and you see people you see someone you know downtown Toronto that alone and this is like not just John the Baptist is recognized as Jesus and there are crowds of people around coming to John uh, but it's like, 
he recognizes him as the Lamb of God, and later on, as you were saying before, the Son of God is like, who who realized that at that moment? It was really only him. He's the person identifying Jesus, and even he probably doesn't know the full weight of what he meant. But I I would think he was overwhelmed. I think he was like floored. It's like even if you're preparing for something like this your whole life, as he was, how could you possibly be ready for that moment? That's what I was thinking about. It also is like a pivotal moment for Jesus. Right. Right. Like it's right. like, it's like, well, just before his baptism. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, this is like the launch. I, I get the impression Jesus was like sort of incognito until this, this I was point. thinking under the radar. Under the radar. That's the phrase that came to me. The only reason I use incognito is because somebody said that yesterday about me. I had, I had my, my ball cap on. They were oh, yeah. like, Sam, is that you? We didn't recognize you. Right. Because I had my ball cap on. I think of Jesus just like, mixing you know, like sort of uh well in the crowd like just in the crowd yeah like yeah. just he was a car like a carpenter like his father mm-hmm. going about his business you know not really making a scene until this moment yeah this is the first time someone points to jesus and says follow him yeah right basically and it's john the baptist who had been preparing his whole life for this moment but like i John the Baptist, I think, must have been inspired that this was the time. Yes. You know, like this is this is actually when he needs to start too. It's sort of now I will diminish, he will grow, he will be greater, right? Yep. I'm, he's like passing off his disciples. I did something on the weekend. It's I was, cool. I was asking a few people to um, do something which we call give a testimony, which some of you will know about, some of you won't. Which is like basically set up in front of a group of people and tell them about how Jesus came into your life and made a big difference in your life at some specific moment of crisis, right? And I think the people I asked, one of them had spoken a little bit before people, but most of them were not comfortable with public speaking. I said, I really understand that. In fact, I think I remember the first time I spoke here at Holy Family, which is probably going back 12 years or so, I'd already been preaching a few years at my home parish, which is a lot smaller, but it was like the largest group of people I'd sit in front of and was ready to like preach on a Sunday. And I felt unsure, a little bit nervous. I was happy to be there. I was excited, but it's like, I'm just trying to put myself in Jesus's shoes at a human level only, right? Do you remember the first time you spoke in front of a group of people? You probably like attention and stuff. I, I always did, but but even so, like- um, Like, you mean other, outside of school? Yeah, yeah, outside of yeah, school. Yeah, like, I, I didn't ever like giving presentations at school. Um, I don't remember the first time, but I have this picture of myself early, early in the youth group. So mm-hmm. I was like 18, mm-hmm. um, up at the front of the, the Lanhard room yep, with yep. a whole bunch of people sitting down and I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Like at some point I became comfortable with that. Yeah. I wasn't in high school. Right. I was really nervous about it. Yeah. I'm also a people pleaser. That's one of the downsides of being mm. a, an I is, um, I'm a people pleaser. So I'm also afraid of rejection. So when you put yourself out there, you're taking a risk, right? What if people don't like it? What if right. people don't like me? Right. What if I am rejected by this group? What if they don't listen or don't yes. like what I say? Um, I listened to an interview yesterday with the guy who's in charge of the the TED uh, online. Oh yeah, TED talk Talks. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Chris Anderson's the guy's name. I'd never yep. heard of him before, but uh, what what got my attention was he was saying that none of the talks are about religion or politics because it raises too many red flags for people and they don't want to get into that. And I was thinking, well, actually, every talk I do is pretty much about religion. Sometimes it touches on politics, not so much. But right. but it's like, you're, you've done a lot of talks, obviously, for the youth and, and other settings as well. It's like, 
we get into some pretty serious things at times. Yeah. And if you're like you're mentioning about your personality, you don't like to raise issues that will like cause people to like not like you.、Mm -hmm. So how do you do it? Because <laughs> you've done it many times, and I've heard you speak many times. You mean about like a controversial、right. subject? Yes. Yeah. Well, as you know, I believe in honesty, right? Yeah, we've talked about that.、Um, I don't really know. I don't know what I don't know, know how to answer that.、Um, I guess I'm really one thing I'm keenly aware of now.、Mm -hmm. Maybe I always wasn't always.、Um, basically, I won't say anything unless I've put the relationship in such a place that the relationship will outlast it. Or that will still be there at the end. Right. So if we're going to walk through the fire together, I want I want us to have a relationship at the end.、Mm -hmm. Like I I I basically I don't want people to to think that by saying this I'm ending our relationship. Right. Okay. Or or that by that I, that I'm I'm basically drawing a line in the sand and saying people who think this way are on that side and I'm on this side.、Mm -hmm. um, Can I tie that back into Jesus? Sure. You're、Go、not、ahead. Jesus. You're not the Son of God. However. I do think what you said reminded me of what Jesus was about to set out to do, and he couldn't like an illusion you could have is that you're always going to be liked because if you say anything、yeah. honest at some point, even I, I I totally believe what you're saying that you don't want to say anything that's going to be more important than the fact that you care about somebody and they care about you that you have a friendship or relationship that is as you say going to go beyond this particular thing. But sometimes not because of what you choose. Certainly, Jesus experiences people. People will reject you. And John the Baptist got in trouble with Herod because he was talking publicly and saying he should not have had his. I think he had his brother killed and married his sister-in-law or something like that.、Um, yeah. So it is. It's a tricky one because the mission is Jesus's mission. The mission that we're part of, that every Christian's part of, everyone's invited to be part of, is you have to you have to be honest with people. Jesus is honest, and you have to be willing to face. This gets into the thing in the background. It's like I think you have to be willing to face rejection, and give up sometimes your good reputation in people's eyes. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you won't. It's like the TED Talk guy. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll avoid the controversial subjects because you never want to, right? Yeah.、Um, upset anybody.、Um, there's kind of an attitude of like hyper tolerance. I guess、mm -hmm. towards certain things, yeah,、um, where like everyone's opinion or everyone's truth is equal,、mm -hmm. right? Oh, you have your truth, I have my truth, and that's obviously re called relativism.、Mm -hmm. um, we're not relativists. At the same, I don't think it's about relativism though. For me, it's more like I'm just aware that like we're all on such a varied part of this journey. Like we're. We're all at different places, and we all go up and down and back and forth. Like when I'm teaching something, for instance, to the youth group, yep, I'm keenly aware that like I only partially embrace this in、for、real、sure. life, right? Like I do, I believe it's true what I'm saying, but I struggle with it too. So I'm not、right. like hard and fast about people's application of it. I present it in a way that I hope is loving and easy to understand.、Mm -hmm. But then, when it comes to the application of it, I understand that it's not easy. Yeah. Right. And I like、oh, I don't、yeah. know. I guess that's that's worked for me really well. I think、mm -hmm. because, and again, that just comes back to honesty. Like, yeah, I'm a Catholic and I believe the things that the Catholic Church teaches, but I'm crappy at putting it into practice. 
right? yeah. like I'm stuck. I'm a wreck as far as um, living it out to the letter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I tend to be, I don't know, I, I just try to be gentle with people when they're in the app, when it comes to the application, right? So I will say that I think that... Is that going to make people mad? Sometimes. Just said? Sometimes. Is it, that not hard and fast? Like, am I not... Maybe you're not hard and fast. I was going to say this, though. Like, um, how do you feel about it? Well, the way I tend to feel about things is the people who are on mission with me, picture the people who are Jesus' closest disciples. I, I, I believe that within our group of people on mission together trying to follow Jesus, we should hold each other to a higher standard. We should yeah. have higher expectations of each other, including people having higher expectations of me than we do people who are just out there and have like like the sheep sure. in the pictures. Like, well, they're not really sure what all this all this means. But we have committed ourselves to following him. And I think I think your dad said this years ago, Ted. It's like we've got to raise the bar on the inside of the community for each other. And yeah. Say like, okay, this is going to be really hard, but that's that is why we're here. I mean, Lamb is like. The leader they were expecting, the Messiah, was the name they would have used, of course, is was not going to be sacrificed. He was going to win a, a battle, basically, against all of Israel's enemies. But the, the leader they actually got, Jesus, is the one who was like, like a lamb, like the lamb of the Passover, is like, oh, no, no, I'm actually going to conquer by giving up my life. And he expected, okay, that in itself is dramatic, but he expected they would follow the same path. He expects that of us. It's like, okay, and now... Get ready to give up everything. I put that in the backgrounder. I'm not ready for that. But I also think that, so where I, well, highlight a different aspect of what you're saying is that within the group of disciples, that we actually need to hold each other to a high account. And actually, if you're not yet a disciple of Jesus, you're entitled to hold us to a high account, to a high standard. You're entitled to say, people say this, and I believe it's true. Like, in the church, we should live to a higher standard because we're saying we represent Jesus in the world. Sure, sure. And, and, uh, yeah, people on the outside need to have need to have the freedom to be able to say, "Well, you're preaching this, but yeah, not living that way, right?" And, yeah, and I mean the danger is, like this Anderson dude, you would just never say anything difficult, right? Right, um, if you were always afraid of the response. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's not it either. I've said things. Well, obviously, I was just telling you a, bit, a little story about that. Yeah, right. I've said things to people that have made them mad. Sure. Right? Sure. And now they don't talk to me. So I'm not, I can tell. Can I don't you avoid, I, I don't avoid the, the hard topics. I have like a happy ending story of when I said something that people found really difficult. Every now and then I mention that the Catholic Church says and teaches that using contraception is wrong. We should use natural family planning mm -hmm. as married couples. So I preached about that. Every now and then I mention it. I don't, I don't think I've preached only on that topic, but it comes up periodically. Years later, someone came up to me and said, when I preached about that, it was really, they found it really difficult and they were really angry at me, but they had another child and yeah. they're really glad they did. So it's okay. like, that's a Holy Spirit moment. That's not me doing anything. But the, I don't know if that person would even have spoken to me unless they like end up having that child. Charles, because child. of you, we had another child. It's true. That is literally <laughs> what they said. Oh man. But that's the stuff of nightmares right there. Well, yes and no. But the, but the point <laughs> is, when they first heard what I said, it's like the Catholic Church says yeah. contraception is wrong. We're supposed to use natural methods of regulating our fertility in marriage. Anyway, talk to me about that at some time. If anyone has any questions or talk to him too. But 
The point is, years later, years, literally years later, someone remembered, and they, they, they remember when, when this person said they were angry, they looked angry at that moment, but they said, but it had a happy ending, effectively. Like, they were really happy they had this other child. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, can you imagine someone coming up and saying to you, like, years later, I was really angry at you when you said that? Yeah. I think they were angry, and I, I, I could be wrong, so if the person's watching or gets or hears this, correct me sometime, because they recognize the truth of what I said, and it kind of hit home to them, I think that's part of it. That's something that, like, I know I don't like to hear the truth about myself when it, when it hurts, but I need to. Well, yeah, people hate the feeling of guilt. Yeah. You know, if it, like, if it pricks their conscience, that's like, you know, it's, it's painful, it's difficult. Which reminds me, I love the way this passage ends. It ends with John talking about the Holy Spirit, because as I put in the background here, none of this works for me as a human being without the Holy Spirit. Because it was mm -hmm. just me, or even me and you, or me, all of us together, it would not add up to enough. Like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth it. It would, yeah. it would just fall apart. It's almost falling apart right now, even with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's life in the church. Life in life. Sort of, yeah. All of life is like that. It's not just us. I don't know. No. It's not. Without the Holy Spirit, it's like, hold up the tents, close sign up, quit. I don't know. Hey, can you say something hopeful and encouraging now that I kind of went that direction? I just ask him that every now and then and see what he comes up with, because you're pretty good at that. Oh, except I, just, I don't feel encouraged or hopeful. Uh, okay, I, thought I got something. What? Oh, so he asked me a question. But he has an answer. But you just said you don't have anything. So you have some. You have one on deck for when I'm. Anyway, go ahead. You have what is it? Oh, give me some hope. Fine. So next week we're starting our next Unify series. If you're in the Hanover area, or if you want to watch, I guess they'll be able to watch it as well, right? Oh yeah. There's a lot of pressure on this poor guy. That's that's everything doesn't collapse between now and then. Right, right. You might show up and nobody will be here. No, we'll nothing be here. will be happening. We'll be here. They're just so like a they're... big hollow crater right here where the church used to be. I don't think so. What I was going to say is that we have people getting together tonight to have like our organizational meeting. Our disorganizational meeting. You're kind of discouraged. But I was just thinking about <laughs> the people coming this evening. Mm. And I, I, my, my, what I'm really looking forward, I'm looking forward to when you, Sam, lead us in worshiping God and we listen to the Holy Spirit. Because Nothing that we're going to do is going to work without the Holy Spirit. Now, we just have to work hard, prepare a plan, and there are lots of, there's a lot of work between now and next week. I know there is, especially for you, but for lots of us, too. Um, yeah, but I think, I think that the whole idea is that of gathering together with a few people, with a common mission, really, we hope is the mission of Jesus. That's what we're, that's why we're doing this. Um, praising God and letting the Holy Spirit come in and take over. That's what Jesus did, right? That's, Everything he did, he did in the Holy Spirit. Even John the Baptist, he received the Holy Spirit as a baby, led through life by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about, um, I've had many conversations over the years, and I've learned that if you ask what's going on in a situation, you often run into dead ends. But if you ask, where's the Holy Spirit in the situation? It's amazing that question alone opens up a window, at least a window of hope. Where's the Holy Spirit? In any situation, the Holy Spirit's acting and is present. I really believe that. I've experienced it, even in really bad situations. What do you think? That's my encouragement. Yeah. I think the Holy Spirit does make all the difference. The difference between something being catastrophically bad and and miraculously amazing is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So well, the Holy Spirit better show up in large, large quantities. Doesn't that remind you of something we've talked about over the last little while? Large quantities. I make them sound like a, 
an elixir. It's kind of an elixir, an oil, the yeah, oil of gladness. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's like a biblical image of the You elixir. better show up in full force, otherwise... Haven't we been talking about, we, we know we're in the right spot, where if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, it won't work? Yeah, where you're at risk. Last, like, where everything you're doing is at risk. Yeah, we did. We did. Why is that important? Um, I think, we, me and the kids were talking about this the other night when we were talking about faith. We've mm -hmm. been doing a little catechism series. Right. So we're talking about, about faith. Um, you're familiar with the wheelbarrow story? I don't want to tell the whole wheelbarrow story, but it's a story of a tightrope walker that wants to oh, yes, cross Niagara Falls several times. And then he asks someone if they'd ride in a wheelbarrow across. And of course, everyone believes he can walk across in a wheelbarrow. No one doubts him. And, and hold the wheelbarrow. And hold the wheelbarrow, like wheelbarrow cross. Mm -hmm. But nobody's willing to get in the wheelbarrow. And we were talking about why, that. me and the kids were talking about why that is. Why is believing he can do it different than getting in the wheelbarrow yourself? And it's because there's a personal risk when you get in the wheelbarrow. Like right? following Jesus. Then it's not like something, right. some fun thing you get to tell your neighbors about. Then it's like, oh my gosh, I could die, right? And the, I think that's the reason that, that for God can do nothing without faith. He needs, he needs our faith mm -hmm. in order to work. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, itself. it is amazing. It's amazing that we can cooperate with God in that way. Yeah. But faith only really takes shape. Like it's only real when everything's at risk. Yeah. And I would say like to the degree that you're willing to like lose everything will be the degree that it bears fruit, that it bears fruit because that's the degree you have faith. Yeah. That God's light shines. And my faith is faith. so weak. That's because <laughs> I try to plan everything. I know. Me too. And I put like, I give God like, I don't know. I basically try to make it so that if God doesn't show up, it'll still be great because Sam is great. And I know that's a mistake. But Maybe. I'm going to say the pressure you're feeling today is an amazing sign of the Holy Spirit because you've been you've been in ministry for like you said since you were 18, so that's 25 years, leading in ministry. Um, isn't it amazing that 25 years later you are not doing the same old thing over and over again? You no, really and I'm not... still really. I was going to say that about speaking when you asked me about that. I'm yeah. still really insecure. Yeah. Which is maybe just part of partly my own personality and my own weakness, but also probably. It's, I, I think it's because I know that now that if God doesn't show up, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and those situations are uncomfortable. Um, so, so please, God, show up next week at Unify. Show up tonight when we get show up tonight. Right. Well, I'll make I think something. we should start by talking about this. Yeah. Just about how we're like we're approaching next week with fear and trembling. Right. Which is the and, way that maybe Jesus, at a human level, we know he was capable of it, experienced fear and trembling at that moment when John the Baptist said to him. Behold the Lamb of God. This is it. Like Jesus is suddenly, he sent a Suddenly, he, I'm sure he knew, life, right? I'm sure he knew the trajectory he would be on then. Yeah. Like, we know that in the, ag in the Garden of Eden. In the end, Eden, we all know how uh, it ends, right? Sorry, Garden of Gethsemane, he was full of agony, facing his, his impending death on the cross, and all of that would go with it. So maybe at this moment, when John the Baptist points him out, it's not just a triumphant moment. It's actually like, uh oh, here we go at the same time. But I also, I was going to say something I've experienced, I think you have as well. Just because things go well at a human level doesn't mean they're actually what God wants. Things can actually go well, humanly speaking, well organized, lots of people, lots of positive comments, but it may not be what God actually wants. It may not bear spiritual fruit. So I think we also have to remember our criteria for success are different. Yep. Like, does that look like something followers of Jesus would do is different than the number of people who showed up? And, and Right, a whole bunch of people could show up and it could be spiritually fruitless. Right. Or vice versa. Right, right. You have two people show up and the spiritual fruit is enormous. 
but right. we do actually believe that we want more than two people to show up. Yep. Yeah. So if you're watching, but most of that's for our own egos. Nah, some of it is our own egos. I know that. Yeah. It's discouraging when people don't come to something worthwhile, but uh, we have seen people come to some of our things, like especially the chosen last fall. I think was well attended, and we we really hope and and pray that some of you are watching or listening. If you're in the area, will will feel called to come, and more importantly, especially if you are a Christian already, bring bring family or friends or neighbors or coworkers. We just have never had a chance to hear the message of Jesus before. The theme this this time around will be, you see the goodness in me, about how God sees the goodness in every single person, no matter who we are, no matter what we believe, no matter what we've done or what was done to us. And we think that's such an important theme for people to hear these days. It actually came out of someone who was part of the Chosen series last last fall. That, really? that, that phrase, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody came to the Chosen series. Share that with one of the people in, in our leadership team. Yeah. You see the goodness in me. Amazing. Yeah. I think that's maybe that's a good place to wrap up. Sure. We're launching ourselves into the unknown. We've got to see the so goodness you. in people too. Yes, that's right. Just like God does. Absolutely. Now that, that that ties in with what we were talking about too. So being honest and speaking hard truth, right? That includes speaking the honest truth about the goodness in people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I think why we need to be honest with people as well because they're worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shall we pray? Everyone's worth saving. Even Sam. Even Sam. And me. Even sheep. Sheep? Sheep. Okay, fine. It's like the ones behind us. The ones behind us. It's really just a piece of green cloth. Those this, sheep. Is, this guy's so tricky, he's got this whole thing working. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't have to get it. Though. Those sheep haven't moved this whole time. It's amazing. That's because they're re- listening really attentively. They're the way very, I, I love very, that. very interested. They're barely breathing or anything. There's that one really big one right there. That's a really big it's like one. twice as big as this one because it's, right. it's further back. Holy, it's an can, enormous Can we sheep. pray? Because I'm getting hungry thinking about sheep because I love to eat lamb. <laughs> okay. These ones are too old for lamb. True enough. You call that mutton. Yeah. Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Father in heaven, you sent your son Jesus and he became one of us. Jesus, you, you, you were there, lived your life like all the rest of us until John the Baptist pointed you out and says, behold the Lamb of God. And we ask you to give us hearts that are ready to be led into following you, led into mission, which means sharing your light with those who have not yet seen it. Give us hearts that are truly grateful and generous, just as you are gratitude and generosity itself, Jesus. And give us your Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, we can do none of these things. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks once again for joining us for this podcast, everybody. We'll see you next week. Don't forget about Unify on Thursday the 18th. Wednesday. Wednesday the 18th at 6 o'clock. Come for some soup. Soup at 6. Stay for Unify at 6.30. Amen. Oh, I think I might have a... Oh, I do. Look at that. Hmm. There you go. There's the, the theme. You see the goodness in me. We see the goodness in you too, don't we, Charles? Absolutely. Even though we can't see you and you can see us. God bless you all. See you later. See you next time.